Well, I know this, and anyone who's ever tried to live knows this, that what you say about somebody else, anybody else, reveals you. What I think of you as being is dictated by my own necessity, my own psychology, my own fears and desires. I'm not describing you when I talk about you. I'm describing me. Now, here in this country we've got something called a deliverant. It doesn't, in such terms, I beg you to remark, exist in any other country in the world. We have invented the deliverant. I didn't invent him. White people invented him. I've always known, had to know by the time I was 17 years old, that what you were describing was not me, and what you were afraid of was not me. It had to be something else. You had invented the deliverant, so it had to be something you were afraid of, and you invested me with it. Now, if that's so, no matter what you've done to me, I can say to you this, and I mean it. I know you can't do any more, and I've got nothing to lose. And I know, and I've always known, and really always, that is part of the agony. I've always known that I'm not a deliverant. But if I'm not the deliverant, and if it's true that your invention reveals you, then who is the deliverant? I am not the victim here. I know one thing from another. I know I was born, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die. The only way you get through life is to know the worst things about it. I know that a person is more important than anything else. Anything else. I learned this because I've had to learn it. But you still think, I gather, that the deliverant is necessary. Well, the deliverant is unnecessary to me, so the deliverant must be necessary to you. I'm going to give you your problem back. You're the deliverant, baby. It isn't me. Okay, part B or two uh, of Sunday from another reaches of Hades. Uh, so you may recall, or you may not, that in my deliverance number nine, I talked about a liquor stove that I want to go to on a regular basis that I've developed a certain fondness for the two guys that work there. I talked about the, the one gentleman who opened up and shared with me his story about working on his uh, grandpa's ranchito uh, making... Um, I still haven't looked up the word for it. I used to know it. But basically, a, a ranch-style version of tequila called, uh, even uh, more like mezcal, but even more, really more like a, a northern Mexican moonshine. Um, anyway, it was a cool story. And I also mentioned the fellow that works with him. He's a young guy. The, the other fellow that works with him is an older dude and, you know, well, leather, worn face. Uh, I like him too. He's, he's always funny. We always make jokes. And, uh, you know, he told me he loved me because I'm one of the nice guys. So 
So we got a good rapport. <laughs> okay. So, oh man, this is this is what happens when people know and trust you, right? Oh my God. Oh, this is so awful. Okay. So awful. So I go in to the liquor store and, you know, I'm just, hey, it's you guys. And they're like, yeah, it's you, da-da-da. The one guy's, Mexican guy's got a vacuum out. It's later in the night. Uh, and they're, you know, I ask how their nights are going, da-da-da. And we get into a conversation. The, the Mexican guy's always, you know, he's pretty quiet. And I think he defers to the older dude for whatever reasons. Uh, so the older dude's like talking to me. And uh, he starts asking me about other liquor stores that I deliver for. And I, I don't realize what conversation I'm getting into, but he's all competitive. I mentioned the one that I go to that's in the next town over. He's like, oh, that one's just a hole in the wall. They don't know near the selection we do. So he's like, and he doesn't own this place, but he takes ownership. Like, he's really proud of all this stuff they have. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's cool. I mean, I get it. You want to be like, you know, proud of what you do. I'm totally down with that. And I say, yeah, you know, they really don't have so And I say, come and think of it, there's been several times, and this is this is true, where I've been there and they, they don't have the inventory, so they have to come up with some other solution, which, you know, usually works out, but it's just a clusterfuck and da-da-da-da. And then he asked me about another place. Well, what about this place? You know, because he's going to shit talk them too. I just start laughing to myself. I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny, right? Uh, but I go along and I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but it's just another place I go to. And then the, the Ranchito man says, yeah, yeah, they're, I know that place or something. But, but this guy like shit talks them too. He's like, no, we got good inventory. No. Okay. So that that's all well and good. You know, it's it's cozy, it's funny, it's just shop talk basically. Okay, here here it comes. And I, I'm just giving you a warning for those who are going to potentially be offended by language. I'm not gonna say this word, but you will know what I'm alluding to. Okay. And it's just so unexpected from these guys. Oh god. Uh, so uh Yeah. So I remark that the other night when I was driving, I came in, picked up an order, and I said, yeah, I saw you 86, this dude. You know, kicked him out because he was so shit-faced drunk, you didn't want to deal with him. He, like, yelled at him, and I said, he, he ran across this major road right out in front of your place, almost got hit by a car. He's like, yeah, I know, I saw that guy. And he's like, that doesn't happen very often. I said, well, you sure took care of him. I said, you know, what do you have to do to chase him out or something like that? And he said, oh, no. And he starts walking away. I'm like, I know what he's going to get. He's going to get a bat. Sure enough, he's like, no, we got this. And he brings up this aluminum bat that looks battle-scarred like it's actually been used. And he said, we use this on the N-words. And this guy is, oh, my God. I don't know how he self-identifies. I would, I would identify him as Caucasian-esque or somewhere in that flavor. But he's also got an accent. I, I'm usually good with him, but I can't place this one. He's not from a Spanish-speaking country. He's from somewhere else, like, I don't know, Eastern European something. And he just, he's got this gravel voice because I know he smokes like a chimney. So he says this, and it's just like the fucking bat he has hit me in the face. I'm just so stunned. I'm like, I did not see this coming. And I was like, oh my God, no, you didn't. I said, you can't say that. 
you can't say that. And the Mexican dude is just, he's looking at me like, what? Like, obviously, this isn't the first time this guy's fucking used a, a, a totally unacceptable word. Oh, my God. I just was like, oh. And I walk out, and I, I said something else that was personal, and I just, I just left. So... You know, I, I get it. Like, white people are so offended when that word shows up for another white person. Uh, but we have to do something, right? Because it's it's unacceptable, right? Um, you know, it's not like the targets of that word have never heard it before, uh, ad nauseum. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not offended on behalf of anybody. I'm offended because I'm just offended. It's like, it's, it's stupid. And, and furthermore, uh, it's just, it just totally, like, changed my opinion of this dude now right now i gotta watch out for him saying stupid shit and wanting me to be okay with it it's just so damn unnecessary and it's disappointing come on dude really who taught you that right uh, i just i don't know so we're gonna have to have that talk next time i go in there i, I kind of hope i don't see him for a while because i just want to try to remember the good times you know uh, it's just really come on man uh <clears throat> so, uh, I just realized there's there's another story I have uh, of last night. It was long shift, so plenty of stuff. Uh, but anyway, I'll let that one percolate for a while. And I'll be back. All right, this is part three, C. Okay, so it's getting towards the end of my night. I'm getting ready to time out. I've been driving hither and hither and yon and over dale and hill and blah, blah, blah. Managed to eat during a null period, which was a relief. Usually I just eat on the fly, which is why my stomach is turned into a pit of concrete. Now, so, I got an order to pick up at Taco Place. <sighs> and it's only one car ahead of me, so it's good. So I get there, and I've seen this uh, employee at the Taco Place before. So we end up striking up a, a industry conversation, right? I forget what sparked it, but you know, I'm just, when I'm in a good place, I'm usually pretty jovial to everybody. Because why not? You don't want to, you know, deal with a delivery driver's fucking sourpuss or get your order from somebody who's just got a scowl on their face. Now I do that too when I'm in one of my moods. So, you know, I'm not always, hey, it's days of wine and roses. Love to see this guy. I'm sure some people are like, Jesus Christ, did that guy take a dump in my food? It's his problem. Just for the record, no, I have not done that. Golden showers, yes, but it just adds to the flavor. No, that's gross. I would never do that. Well, I might, depending. Okay, that's a whole other area of my life that I don't even want to get into. Now, focus. So, the employee at the taco place and I are having a talk, and she 
I'm, I'm picking up for Road Rash, and she starts talking about moist pates and how the drivers are often teenagers, and they come in and they demand stuff from her and her coworkers when they have no business doing that. And she said it, it's gotten so bad that they finally called rat rates and complained and rat rates told them that they can go ahead and refuse to give the order <laughs> what to the delivery driver if they're being a pain in the ass and that they'll just cancel the order on them and <clears throat> assign another driver and I was like oh how interesting that's one more wrinkle I wasn't aware of and she said yeah it's often uh, teenagers who are just too fucking high and they shouldn't be out here driving anyway I started laughing I'm like that sounds like some of my customers who end up not even knowing where I am and don't end up getting the order because they push it because they're fucking couch locked somewhere did our food arrive? I thought I ate it what? Well, it's morning um, kind of thing <clears throat> stoners easy target uh, so so she just says, yeah, yeah. They come in and they're like, well, I know what the other thing is. Oh, I know why it was. I, that's why I remember now. It's because I, I clicked on the order for Road Rash and it said 20 items. And I went, oh my God, another $50 fast food order. I still haven't finished the burritos from the other one. Um, but then, of course, I'm thinking, well, you know, they do this. Maybe it's actually, and it was, it was hot sauce. They wanted 20, you know, burn your tongue off because this place has different types from mild to you know wimpy I mean come on it's not that hot none of this stuff is that hot fast food they don't want to upset gringo tongue so anyway uh, so that's what it was they wanted like a handful of shit so I'm like so I get her I, I, th that's what started oh, I said now you did remember and I'm being ironic to her now you did remember to put in those 20 packets of hot sauce she, she starts laughing she's like oh yeah I said and that's what started the whole conversation. Because yeah, sometimes people put in fifty, and I'm like, oh my gosh, She's like we don't give them fifty. I'm like, good, you shouldn't. That's rewarding bad behavior. And then she said, you know, sometimes the delivery drivers are demanding all that stuff. And I said, well, wow, you know. And I said, I, you know, I know you guys put up with a lot, so I'm always, I always try to be polite and I, you know, respect what you do because you guys work hard, you know, and it's not an easy job. She's like, yeah, tell me about it. And then, you know, she went off on the company. I said, well, I said, I, I work for them. I said, I'm, I'm not surprised because they don't treat us well either. And she just kind of looked at me and just went, oh, yeah, well, not surprised. So uh, just some industry insight into the turbulent inner workings of how this kind of works. So they, they will cut people off if they're too obnoxious interesting file that away now what that actually made me think and feel like was huh okay so being an old fart might be an advantage in this particular situation because i'm not saying 100 percent of the time I'm not even going to say 80 percent of the time i'm going to give myself a, a c minus grade for how i maintain my professionalism but at least i do it uh, more than half the time Whereas one of my younger confederates out here might end up in harm's way because they're not quite sure how to deal with it. Uh, the pressures, the noise, the stress 
of being a successful driver of deliverance. Well, that's the end of another broadcast. Flags flapping in the wind in the distance. The clouds are moving away. The palm trees are swaying in the gentle breeze. And I've got to go relieve myself. So, till we meet again. Last time I was down south, I walked into this restaurant. This white waitress came up to me and said, We don't serve deliverance here. I said, That's all right. I don't eat deliverance. Bring me a whole fried chicken. About that time, these three cousins came in. You know the ones I mean. Ku Klux and Klan. They said, Deliverant, we're giving you a fair warning. Anything you do to that chicken, we're going to do to you. So I put down my knife and fork, picked up that chicken, and I kissed it.